The Right Stricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook. Download their top-rated app and use promo code RTRS. And brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP by going to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. L.L. Pavorsky Jewelers, where Right Stricky Sanchez listeners go and get engaged. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. And our friends at Kinetic Skateboarding, get 9.1% off your first order with code Dave Silver. On the show today, our very own James Harden finally talks to the media. Wow. And, yeah. And it's just as disappointing as you would hope. <laughs> a weird new Kelly Oubre connection to another Sixers player, not James Harden. Joel Embiid gets a very high rank on the ESPN NBA Top 100 and a new reason to hate Dallas. That's right. If you're watching on YouTube, we are 100 subscribers away from 12,000. It will not only save CJ's job, we'll save his life. Subscribe on YouTube, set up notifications so you know when we're live. Kinetic skateboarding. It's starting to feel like fall in the Northeast. It is starting to feel like fall. And that is when you know you need to make sure that your your gear, your fit is set up for the fall. You got enough hoodies, you got enough new sneakers, you got all that stuff. Kinetic skateboarding is where you got to go. You need a light jacket. I have a couple of good, I have a great kinetic vest. Kinetic skateboarding. The kind of skateboarding shop you don't even need to skateboard to buy their stuff from. Sneakers you're not going to find anywhere else. Go to kineticskateboarding.com and use code Dave Silver for 9.1% off your first order. An apology as I was attacked by several Barstool fans for not knowing the podcast host of the Pat Bev pod. They're like, you're lying. You know, Roan. I actually don't know who that I don't know him. I'm not that deep in the Barstool infrastructure. I know like the main guys. I swear, I think I even said no disrespect. I've never listened to the podcast or downloaded the podcast. I only see the clips. I'm sorry. I didn't know who Roan was. I know who he is now. He is the host of the Pat Bev Pod. Apparently, he was a rapper too. So I'm sorry, Roan, if you were offended. Um, I think that's all we got. Yeah. Nobody, well, nobody else to apologize to? Mm, my parents. I don't know. <laughs> you? Do I owe any other apologies? No, no, no. I was just wondering. Oh, yeah. But we put all apologies in, in the before the in the before. Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for the people who skip it, they don't need it. Oh, Bark in the Park is one week away. We'll touch on this later, but we are five thousand eight hundred dollars away from our goal. We've raised ninety two hundred dollars so far. I will see you at Bark in the Park. I don't think I can run. My hip is falling apart, but I think I can walk. So I will walk the five k. I will today. We're recording on Saturday. We're at 9203 right now. I will match every dollar until midnight tonight. So CJ, throw the link to donate in the chat right there, and it'll be in the description of the pod. Without any further ado, Amos and the Chef. Say the name. 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 Say the name.
Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with the only guy at all related to the Sixers in any way who has not been accused of being a liar over the past six months. That is one, Mike Levin. Yeah, a lot of things. Yep. I'm a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I continue, I plan to be. Yep. But I am unfortunately incredibly honest. <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately for who? Everybody. Everybody. So here we are. We are. We have waited. James Harden, you know, I I don't need to recap all of it, but was going to make things incredibly uncomfortable. That was the rumor. Recap all of it. Okay. (laughs) Start from the beginning. beginning. Hey, is it your first podcast in three years? (laughs) Have you you checked out of the Sixers for a little bit? God bless you. You came back at a great time. Wonderful time. So James Harden, you know, leaking that he would be make things incredibly uncomfortable for the Sixers per his arrival at training camp, skips media day, arrives at training camp, seems to, by all accounts, specifically Patrick Beverly and Michael Rubin is working harder than everyone and is actually not only not a distraction, but is the glue guy, (laughs) has been good at camp, but has not spoken yet. He spoke yesterday And I wanted to, even though I think it'll make us all maybe throw up in our mouths a little bit, play some of these clips, thanks to Keith Pompey, who else? Thanks to Kai Carlin, somebody on Reddit. Let's go through some of these clips. James Harden speaking to the media for the first time at, I guess he's not at camp, in Sixers preseason. Clip one. Yeah. um, Just to like the fans, man, it's like... I uh, just appreciate the support and love, and, and you know, I mean, this is definitely just a difficult time. But for me, it's just trusting, you know, uh, you know, people that you've known over a decade, um, and you know, when I got traded here, my my whole thing was I wanted to retire at Sixer. You know, what I mean, like I wanted to be here retire at Sixer, and front office didn't have that in their in their future plans. You know what I mean? So, like, it's literally out of my control. Um, it's something that I didn't, I didn't want to happen in the system being in this position. But you know, I got to make a, a decision for you know my family. I understand this is a business. You know what I mean? So, it's just as simple as that. You know what I mean? I, I come here today and work, work my butt off and uh, do, do the things necessary as a professional as, as I would do and as I've been doing for 15 years. Yeah. So. James Harden wanted to retire a sixer. I think he probably also wanted until he retired to have a contract of $45 million for every single one of those years. So he could retire a sixer. And unfortunately the front office didn't want that. I think, I I don't know that there was any doubt, but like this is all just because this has nothing to do with communication. It just doesn't, it has nothing to do with communication. It has to do with the fact that the sixer didn't don't want to give him as much money in years as he wants. I mean, that's it. It's the entire thing. You don't think you don't think it has anything. You don't think it's anything that like they didn't reach out to him. They didn't try. Nope. Nope. I think it is a, a, I, I think they're probably annoyed by it. And I think it was probably the first indication to them that they were not going to get what they wanted, mm-hmm. meaning James Harden and his team. And I'm sure it made maybe this a little more chaotic, but the answer is, is that he is mad that he's not getting the contract that he thought he was going to get. And by anybody, by anybody, which is the, his ultimate frustration is 
is not specifically with the Sixers, is with his value. Yeah, I've said this a bunch of times. He is now coming to the reality of what his value is. A, a lot of his, because we've said a number of times, he's still a good player. His value at this time is because of how he behaves and then how he how he's played in the postseason, you know, how he's disappeared. But I, I truly just don't believe, and I, what this comes down to is, and I don't believe there was ever a promise, but he clearly believed he was getting a big long contract here and Maury and the Sixers didn't want to give it to him. And that's that's pretty much it. Wanted to retire a Sixer. So come on, man. Like, well, let's not play games, but that's what, oh, it, that's what the whole thing comes down to for me. I like him. I have a couple things to respond to that, but I like him thanking the fans. Yes. And then as someone, for all their like, support. like if someone slides in like an iPad of like tweets and be like, Oh, from the fans. Oh God. Uh, maybe not those fans. Uh, I don't know. He's reading the same things I'm reading. Yeah. Pal. Yeah. Um, well, his, his for you page is different than our for you. Page. Yeah. I think it must be. I yeah. think it must be. It's just Harden Stan. Harden Stan 77. Yeah. Harden Stan Houston guy. There are a lot, uh, by the way, on the internet. They're fucking lunatic. There are there are a lot of them. God yep. bless them. Yep. The I wonder. So as you said, the reason why he wants to go to the Clippers specifically now and not just sign with them next offseason is so if he trades if if he has them now, then they can give him more money. They have his bird rights to give him more money than if they were to just sign him in free agency. Right. Say that trade happens. Okay. Hard. Whatever it is. Yeah, whatever it is. Harden for the expiring contracts and two first-round picks that they okay. get, whatever. Okay. What do you think the Clippers give him next offseason? Well, they. what's interesting is they cannot extend him. That is my understanding. So it would have to wait until the offseason. And unless the Clippers, this is where, I think this is what you're getting at because I think this is where he's sort of misled Mm-hmm. unless the Clippers make it to the finals or something, they're not giving him a big contract. There's no way they're going to triple down on, they haven't even extended Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So the, you're telling me what it, what it would require is them truly believing that a core of these three players will, is, is worth keeping together for the next four or five years because they think it's going to be worth a championship and they're going to pay ridiculous tax and they're going to be limited roster wise because of the salary of these guys. So that's a long answer is to say nothing significant. I don't think. Right. Do you feel any differently? I I mean, I have no idea. Mm. I have no sense of it because what's to say that happens. Is he going to be doing that again next year? (laughs) Like, is he going to be demanding a, you know, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be demanding a trade because it would have to be as a free agent, but because he picked up his option. But I, there's, you only get so many wiggles. You don't get infinite wiggles. You don't. We've heard that. This, this is in the, like, this is biblical level certainty. You yeah. do not get all the wiggles that you want. So he will play in China. If he gets traded, yeah, this is my prediction. If he gets traded to the Clippers this year, he will play in China next year. Wow. Yeah. And what happens? Are you, does that mean you're, you should have to watch the China the games? Chinese basketball league. If you, I, I would gladly watch James you, Harden play in China, to be quite honest with you. You, you. you wouldn't get much pushback from me. I would love to watch that. Cause he, there's, I, I just, I don't, he would have to show everyone in the league something that 
he has not shown in a while and something that he has not maybe ever shown in the playoffs to get somebody to give him anything more than two years, 40 million after this, right? Something like that. I don't know. I just keep going back to like, what was the sick? Like, obviously he's a wild card. He is in his feelings. He's emotional. He's gotten worse. He didn't show up for two games. The other players knew that he wasn't going to show up. That's the bad vibe. You don't want to be like, hey, we're up 3-2. This guy has... This guy thought it was a five-game series. <laughs> Unfortunately, if it, oh, it was five-game series, we would have been in, in the conference finals. Totally fine. But uh, but he just realized it's seven, so that's a bummer. What was the Sixers front office's intent this offseason? And that just... I don't understand it. I... I understand not trading him for nothing. I understand trying to hold on to him for the best possible value because similar to Harden, Daryl does not have infinite wiggles. But like, what is the, what was the hope? What was the best case scenario? How, how was this? So is the, is the, is the second round pick tampers for PJ Tucker and Daniel house, like solely responsible for, this entire thing going awry in the minds of Daryl Morey, Elton Brand, Sixers ownership, whatever. I that of course Michael Rubin would have stopped himself. Yes, would have, uh, would have never chained happened. Him, if chained he was himself here. to yep. the Sixers practice facility. Yep. I have. Every, I really did. Really, Michael Rubin was here. It is the most. <laughs> what, what? Poorly right. executed. Like anything. I, why is this? Why is it like this? Why? Like I have, I have an idea. Okay. Cause, cause like the whole thing with him, I hate to bring up Hinky here because it's like a caricature of myself, but like the whole thing with Hinky is that like, he didn't have those relationships, right? He didn't do those good agent relationships and is not, it's just not, he's thinking of the players like assets. He's not thinking about them enough, whatever. Um, and for, Daryl to be have been with this guy for 10 years and thinking that like this is just gonna work out and thinking that like he's just gonna come back and play hard and the Sixers have like a good shot because Mr. Percentage is Wow. Mr. Percentage has it's it's five. Wow. You, this is not the way you talk about somebody who you refer to by their first name, Mike. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm not talking I'm not calling Daryl Mr. Percentage. Although that's a pretty oh. good nickname. I'm saying the 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 number the number chance that the Sixers have at winning the championship that Daryl oh, yeah. references oh, yeah. from oh, yeah. time to time. Oh yeah. Like that is it still that I just always think about like, you know, Kevin Pelton on love plus or something like that. And like the computer spits out the numbers and stuff. And it's like, obviously I'm at least partially analytically minded. I find them valuable in some ways, but like, there's, how do you, how do you compute this? This yeah, is not like yeah. a way that it can be done. What are you talking about? Okay. What is it? What, 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 like what code do you have to put into a computer to like sort of spit these exact specifics in that goes like, He's going to play hard. Here's this is what Harden's defensive rebounding rate is going to be like if he fully wants to blow up the team. I've got I've got a response to that's the right. that's right after Mortgage CS. Hey, thank you, Mortgage CS, for being a supporter of the Bark in the Park team. Right, Ricky Sanchez. They are also if you're on the Bark in the Park team. Lower level Sixers tickets for a November game. You probably got an email from me if you didn't let me know. They are donating to the top two fundraisers for the Bark in the Park team. Thank you, Mortgage CS. We got this email from John about Mortgage CS. Mortgage CS, independent mortgage broker right here in the area. Today, 
Ashley and I closed on our first house and we owe it all the mortgage CS. We started the house hunting process knowing nothing. We were completely overwhelmed and didn't even know if buying a house was in the cards for us at the time. Ben, Alec, Christine, Shannon, and the rest of the mortgage CS team were great about teaching us and guiding us through the process. They were always available whenever we had a question, needed to talk numbers or bitch about James Harden. Between their team and our agent who had already experienced working with Mortgage CS for other clients, we had an all-star team in our corner. If you're looking to buy a home, especially if it's your first, you have to talk to, talk to Mortgage CS. Let me say that again. If you're looking to buy a home, especially if it's your first, you have to talk to Mortgage CS. MortgageCS.com slash Ricky. We are proud to be associated with them. This is their CEO, Ben's cell phone number, 267-391-7425, 267-391-7425. And they give you the number because they know you're going to need constant communication, communication and off hours. You're going to need, you're going to need counsel. You're going to need information, all of that stuff. They are around. And most importantly, Mortgage CS is independent, meaning that the lenders that they are going to, they have no financial relationship with them aside from making sure that you are happy with the mortgage that you get and the rate that you get. Their only dedication is to you. Love it. It's not just about the best rate. It's about having a partner. Mortgage CS is going to be your partner. MortgageCS.com slash Ricky to schedule a consultation. Beautiful Ricky microsite there. Call or text Ben 267-391-7425. And if you don't believe me or that email, Google them and look at all the five-star reviews. There's tons of them. This advertisement is not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information. All right. I said I was going to address you. I want to first play this voicemail, which I think will get us into it. 833 Lickface. Hey, Spike, Mike, and CJ. Dimitri here. After watching the James Harden media availability, I think it is time that all of us give Daryl Morey his due. What was very obvious with what James Harden said is that he was expecting the Sixers to give him a long-term contract for max money. And that was our exact nightmare coming after his playoff performance, that Daryl Morey was going to give him a long-term contract for max money. So none of this had anything to do with the vow of silence that Daryl took after the playoffs and until free agency started, whether he was silent with him or whether he was telling him every day, Hey bud, I'm not going to give you that money while giving him massages. Or even if Michael Rubin was around and was chanting, Hey bro, I got your back over and over again. None of that would have helped. Bottom line, Daryl did the right thing by the fan base and didn't screw up our cap for the next five years, and didn't give Harden the money. And thank you, Daryl, and it's time we say that. And if the consequence of all this is we have one season with some of this drama and then a clear cap next year versus four or five years of the James Harden playoff disaster experience, thank you, Daryl, because you did right by all of us. Now, yeah, while no, I nobody's, think... Go ahead. Go ahead nobody's saying that. It's either this reality we're living in or give him four years of the most money you could give him. But here's, here's where, where I believe. And while I think that the voicemail was over the top, I agree with you that this was messy. I agree with you <laughs> that I, I guess you could say, and I, I, I don't disagree, that the Sixers probably, all in all, Maury, did not handle this part of it the 
perfect way. <laughs> but, but what I am saying is I don't think it ends any differently. And I think to the caller's point, it was always going to end up here if they were not willing to give him what he wanted. He always had the option to opt in. He was never going to get, once the Houston thing happened and he didn't get what he want, what he wanted, he had no options. Like, and I, I suppose it's possible that if he had started engaging earlier, that could have been held over his head by Harden and his people who were clearly irrational actors at the point. And they began that in December. I'm not saying- Hold over that, his head, like, like snitching to the league? Maybe, I don't know. Like, I, I, I guess if you're not allowed to make any offers during that time. But I think you are to your own, your own free agents. I don't know. You can, you can talk to your own players. But if, if he's not property of them, I, I don't know what that is, but my guess would be that they can't. And that's why he was saying what he was saying. Look, I guess that I, I don't want to sound like I'm defending because I wish he wasn't here at all. But I do think that everything that you laid out after the trade happened, after they traded for James Harden, put that away. I, you could actually, even though everyone was saluting this one-on-one, one, you could actually, I guess, say that the one-on-one one was destructive because it gave him this. This is exactly why Harden wanted the option for the second year. I just don't know how it ends up in any different situation. That's yeah, my, I mean, like, my concern. It's obviously better for the for the Sixers that he opted in and they could get something for him than yes. if he simply walked for nothing because yep. he was done with it. Yep. Obviously, that's true. And also, obviously, it's good that they didn't give him four years of max money because he simply doesn't deserve it. And his the lack of offers around the league and the lack of interest from other teams when he prior to him picking up from his option indicates that that would have been a wild overpay. We would have been suffering the consequences of those of those decisions for a long time. But you can't trade for your guy, your fucking guy. And then go like, ah, there's, this is, all, it, it had to, it had to be this way. You have to, but the I relationship think, I think Maury was shocked f- by, by the way that this, you say? this, I think Maury was shocked by, and that's, and that's a problem because you've worked with him for 10 years. You trade for him. He's the answer. Whether or not Halliburton was on the table or whatever, or could have been is whatever, but you decided that this, you were laser focused on this guy, your guy. Brought him here, and he did the same shit but worse when it matters. And then he threw another fit, his third fit. And you're saying like, ah, there's nothing I could have done. But it's I, like you could have known the person that you were brought you brought here and that you were determined to bring here uh, better than you did. And that's the fact that we were in the situation is not like oh well, like there's no way it could have gone any other way. Um, I, I think there is a little bit of the, he would never do that to me. And I think like candidly, if you were to get Daryl in a room and say, did you ever, you, you were aware that James did these sorts of things, but did you ever think he would do it to you? And his answer would be no. Well, I mean, then, then he's just as emotional as Harden. Harden is saying the same thing. I see, I see Daryl being like asset guy for plenty of people, but he would never do it to me. Like it's the same, it's the same shit. For sure. That, uh, CJ, why don't you play the second clip? It was just, this, this man, man, front office had, and has had a very, very good relationship 
you know, like I said, four decades. So there was constant communication, you know what I mean? And there was no communication, you know, I mean, once we lost. So, so after the playoffs, James, to that point, I mean, I guess, do you intend on playing on Monday or again? I'm still ramping up, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm still ramping up, trying to get myself in the best shape. I feel really, really good, you know what I mean? But uh, there's another level I feel like I can get to and that I w- am going to get to. Uh, so um, I'm sure there's a, I think one more preseason game after that. So I'll still, Two now, but yeah. No, after. Oh, oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll ramp it up and, 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 you know, try to play the last one just to give myself enhanced situations and be used to the physicality of, you know, defenders bumping you or whatnot, you know, the speed, the tempo, all that good stuff. So. Um, I think we got a good Look, plan in place. The good thing is he's ramping up. The season came as a total surprise. He had no idea when it was going to begin. Preseason? What is that? Yeah, it's a good thing. I do like the pettiness of not saying Maury's name and continually saying the front office instead what? of saying Maury. <laughs> he said it plenty this offseason. Yeah, he's written yeah. it down, put it on signs, had well, a club girl hold it. Uh, good, good for him. CJ, why don't you, instead of doing the next one, go to the streamable one, which was, Harden was asked if this could be repaired. You had a relationship for 10 years. Do you think this is something that can be repaired? I mean, because you look, no. it, it can't. And, and why? Why is that? Why do you, why good do question. You, you, and it's like, this is not even about this situation. This is life. Like, when you lose trust in someone, you know what I mean? It's like a marriage. Like, you lose trust in someone, it's like hot. You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, it's pretty simple. I give, uh, I give Keith Pompey a lot of credit. Is there more here? Yeah. What do you mean? Like playing games to be able to move. I mean, I, like I said, I can control what I control. I'll take it one day at a time and focus on, you know, every day is a new day. So, um, you know, my plan is to play basketball, yes, for sure. Just like in marriage, you know, James Harden, America's foremost relationship therapist. He, the one thing that is right that is being written all over the place now is, I think Sam Amick wrote it, is how emotional James Harden is about all of these things. Oh my God. Yeah. The idea that this cannot be repaired as if he killed a friend of his or something like Mm -hmm. I, it is when you're, you know, when your wife doesn't offer you four years, max money. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Alyssa has a job and I don't have a job right now so that is a little bit the case of what's happening here so I, we'll see how it goes we'll see how much money I get offered uh, <laughs> as, as this goes on the the uh, the couple of actually last thing because I thought this was actually we'll do that last there, there were a couple of trade nuggets that came across Woj said I think the Clippers view of it is we'd prefer James Harden we're willing to offer more for James Harden but Malcolm Brogdon does loom there's that this is from Sam there's, Amick they're, they're such different players like yeah I, I think that that's absolute horseshit seems like horseshit yeah if they want James Harden then like they're yeah. they're not going to go like well we got Brogdon and that's that's enough yeah that's what we're going to end up doing <laughs> that, that, that's going to be the Sixers <laughs> oh right yes yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 for sure yeah Sam Amick in the Athletic said so where do things now stand on the Harden trade front status quo it seems with the Sixers holding firm on an asking price that continues to be above what the Clippers can and will provide as Sham Sarania and I reported recently the Clippers have been trying to gather additional draft assets from teams around the league to increase their offer the Sixers yeah, have been the, oh sorry go ahead. 
Uh, just to finish, the Sixers have been very skeptical of the Clippers' ability to meet their trade threshold anytime soon and believe it would help Harden's market and the leverage element in regard to the Clippers if he played like his former MVP self and reminded other teams that he's worth pursuing. It's wink, funny. wink, very nudge, funny. Nudge. Everybody's memory is so short. Yeah. And everybody's assumption that everybody's memory is even shorter. Just yeah, play yeah. like an MVP and everyone yeah. will completely forget. Have First you, of all, have you looked? Capable. Hey, Atlanta Hawks, have you looked at Harden's basketball reference page in a little while? There's a lot of a lot of numbers in bold over there. Yeah. Big numbers. Check them out. All of fame it's percentage, 99.2%. Come on. That's uh, really funny. Yeah. I mean, the, the Clippers trade thing is interesting because I, yeah, it's a, it's a bizarre, it's a, it's a bizarre thing because Clippers have like one unprotected pick to trade them that they want to trade them. And they're trying to go like, okay, can we turn this unprotected pick to someone else for like one unprotected pick and a, un, and a protected different pick? It seems like you're trying to sell a car for a hundred dollars and the guy's like, I only have 50 bucks. Let me see if I can go to the bank. If I give them 50 bucks, they'll give me two fifty bucks and then I'll be able to buy the car. Like, yeah. how are you turning one? Well, it's, are, it's the, it's, it's everyone's, it's value. It's people, some team betting on, you know, maybe it's a team like that has a two picks or whatever in next year's draft and like a bunch of rookies or something and going like next year's draft, not so, not so good. Maybe we just commit to the idea of like the Clippers could be worse and this could sure. all fail for them. And they're, and they're making the bet that th- this one pick will be better than, you know, two protected picks or something like that. But I don't the, know why then Daryl will go like, yep, that's what I want. And yes. it's like, it's a lot of people's, it's like different valuations of the same. Yes. Like exact asset. The, the last thing on the trade thing, we got this, I thought it was interesting. I don't think it's true, but I did think it was interesting. Came from John, right? Stricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Another perspective on why Daryl is holding so firm with the Clippers. Next year, he is planning to have cap space for potentially two maxes or close to it. The best two players in that group are probably Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And the only way those players are going to be available is if they're disgruntled or the Clippers have another underperforming year and the front office decides to start over. Yep. A, a lot of the Clippers hopes to re-sign those two coincide with how the team does. How the team performs is really dependent on them getting an extra piece of point guard. Maury just isn't trading Harden to the Clippers. By trading Harden to the Clippers, he is also very likely removing the two best free agents from next year's free agent class. Yeah, that that's is, why when Harden was here, um, everything went great. Yeah, <laughs> and they won a championship, and we're all happy about it. And that's why we are in the position that we're in. Trading hard to the Clippers means automatically it's going to work out so good. I do like the. It does increase. I think Har- Maury would think that giving Harden to the Clippers will improve their odds of being a championship team. Yeah, I think, I'm sure he does. I'm sure he yeah. does think that. Yes. Yeah. But so, it, it, this. I mean, we we've been talking about this whole offseason. Like this is interesting. Like the teams, the same like free agent. Like uh, the 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 precious on a pedestal free agent cap space, we have the only we we're the only game in town. Drew Holiday probably gone. Kawhi and Paul George. There's rumors about them like starting to sign. It's the Toronto guys. It's the Bulls guys. It's LeBron. 
right. It's time. What to is it? It's time There's not that many on. guys. Or like, I mean, then you go into like, I don't know. Jalen just got signed, but that's not a, not a free agent situation. Brandon Ingram. I don't think they're going to give him up. Zion. Who knows? Obviously very not interested in Kyrie. What are we doing? Who is it? It's the guys that we're talking about for trades are the same guys that we're talking about for the beautiful free agency money. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that this is working out. And that's why I feel like Harden, Daryl's just like, fuck it. Just tell him to come back. Just like, maybe if I just hide, maybe if I just hide, Daryl is always suspiciously tall. So like, maybe if Daryl just hides his body in the, one of the crevices of the Wells Fargo center, Daryl just, or Harden just won't see him and I'll forget we'll about him. him. Yeah. Uh, the rights to Ricky Sanchez is brought to you by Al Poworski Jewelers. Another supporter of the Bark in the Park team, Providence Animal Center. LL has, oh, by the way, happy birthday, Missy Pavorsky. LL's daughter, Jake's sister, 22 years old. Happy birthday, Missy. LL, the first, first sponsor of the Ricky. Some would say the only sponsor of the Ricky. Wouldn't mm -hmm. be true, but some would say that. Up to 360, he told me this week, writes Ricky Sanchez, listeners have purchased engagement rings for him, from him. Everyone's happy who goes to him. Everyone walks away with great jewelry at an amazing price, a new friend. Most of them walk away with a new Ricky t-shirt as he has a big stock of them for everyone who buys engagement rings for him. It's a great, great carrot after you spend thousands of dollars on a ring to get a $20 t-shirt. Look, LL is the best. If you listen to the pod, you know there's simply no option to go anywhere else for an engagement ring than LL Pavorsky Jewelers. He treats everyone amazing. You get personal attention. It is low pressure. It is high communication. He is the only one you can go to. I speak of low pressure, good communication. He doesn't want you to just walk into the store because it could be, could be busy. He wants you to make an appointment. That way he can get all of the information he needs from you. That way he can spend time with you. And if you don't want to come into the store, you don't want to drive into Philly, that's fine. You're somewhere else in the country, that's fine. He can do it all virtually as well. The store is at 707 Walnut, where it's been for over three decades. If you want to make the appointment, give him a call, shoot him an email, 215-627-2252, lee at llpavorsky.com. Tweeted him at llpavorsky a supporter of the Bark in the Park Province Animal, Run, Province Animal Center Run Team and Mama T's Community Fridge, our charities, LL Pavorsky Jewelers. A four-year max contract to every Ricky listener who walks in. Before we get to this Kelly Oubre thing, I want to first make a request and second, I, I want to inform you of something that's been done to us as a community that is insulting. First of all, the Sixers opener, Sixers Bucks. We'll need to do a podcast that night. We'll need yeah, to watch the my, game. It's my 34th birthday that night. Oh, wow. Happy 34th birthday. Well, not I yet. can't believe you're 34. That makes me feel old. Coming, coming in. When we, when we started in, this I, podcast, you were 12 years old. I was 12. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Boy. God, I can't, I honestly can't believe you're 34. Anyway, I will be in Atlanta. My brother and I are going to see Marvelous 3 in Atlanta, but if you are a Ricky listener in Atlanta and you would have a really good internet, B, <laughs> want me and my brother to come over and watch the Sixers game. And C, will let me do the podcast from your house. 
please send us an email. Write to rickysanchez at gmail.com. The offer I, of a lifetime. I will buy, buy dinner for everyone. Buy pizza, something, something good, or whatever the Atlanta specialty is, that lemon pepper wings or whatever that Lou Williams used to like in Atlanta. That is my, just need an Atlanta listener. Write to rickysanchez at gmail.com. All right. Here is the news that when affects- is this? Oh, it's for, it's for the, uh, the- It's for the home of it. Okay, I'll be yeah. back here. Because I'm, I'm going, I'm going to uh, uh, two games in Phoenix for the NLCS. Oh, the yes, that is before this. Yeah, yeah. next week. Yeah. The so here is the the insulting thing that happened. As you know, we do a trip every year. We do a trip, fly the process. We've been everywhere. Been to Minnesota. Been to Milwaukee. Been to DC. Where else? Been to San Antonio. Everywhere. And we are, I think, Mike, you would agree. CJ, you would agree. Having both been on trip, we're incredibly well-behaved. We are not like a rowdy Philadelphia crowd. We are weird. We are loud, but we are well-behaved. No fights, weird chants, no, no weird taunting, any of that. So Joe from Fans of Philly, who organizes our trips, we decided after looking at all of the options, because there were a lot of obstacles, that Dallas and March on a Sunday would be the game. He called the Dallas Mavericks who have refused to sell us tickets. He offered to make a large charitable donation to the Dallas Mavericks charity fund, which we did for Minnesota. They declined. He offered to pay a higher ticket price. They declined. Wow. He offered to give references from every other team that he has bought group tickets for. Now, mind you, he does a road trip to every Eagles away game. He does like five flyers trips a year. He does, he did Yankee stadium with the Phillies. He's doing the, the NLCS in Arizona. He's, he's done these. This is his entire job is organizing these trips offered to bribe references. They declined. Clearly Mark Cuban, <laughs> who is a fake good businessman, does not know what he's doing over there. There have been several examples over the last several years that it is not a tight ship with the Mavericks. I would ask you, if you are on Twitter, please tweet at Mark Cuban. Please send him emails. Please don't threaten anything, but this is absolutely, positively unacceptable that we're not allowed to buy tickets. And my final warning is don't make us get tickets any other different way. Because if we have to do that, we're going to have to be weirder. We're going to have to like, if we have to go on the secondary market, we'll do it, but you're not going to get the money, Dallas Mavericks. And it just means that we, our behavior may be different is my only, Mike, your reaction to the Dallas Mavericks not selling us tickets. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Great. Tremendous stuff. Good job. It is, there's, it's interesting when there's like, like obviously Dallas we have such a rivalry with, with the Eagles, but we mm-hmm. kind of don't really give a shit with the Mavericks yep. or with like the Rangers, mm-hmm. like whatever. But it's interesting that now we're, in, we're into that place where it's like all those old Dallas feelings start coming back. Yes. Cause you you're like, Hey, that's the same them. fucking thing. Yep. <sighs> that's where the fucking Cowboys are. Assholes. It's just cowardice. It's what, what are you scared of? You I mean, know? making a scene. <sighs> it's a sporting event. That's what we did. This making a scene is good. Yeah. We're not going to do anything bad. I think if we were fans from uh, Cincinnati, 
We would be uh, fine. Bust would be fine. But it's, yeah. it's hearing Philadelphia. It's hearing how many tickets. And I think uh, I don't even know if it's Cuban himself, like no. you know, ha- you know, beeping into the other line and going like, "Don't do it. Don't sell it." Fake good but business. There's so much man. as people like scared of the like. It's not worth it. Guys, a uh, business one hit wonder. Oh yeah, made sure. a bunch of money during the dot com thing. It's been coasting ever since. Fucking, this is a disgrace disgraceful it's even more embarrassing because i don't think he's involved i'm I'm sure he's not involved in this decision but people under him assume he wouldn't like it yeah i think he's, he would love it he should he would love he it should, and he should come freaking show up and yes and, you know teach us about back. business how about this how about teachers about business no don't Teachers do about business. no no, no, no please let about about that <laughs> business seminar okay this is no mark cuban i honestly my- would rather him like do stand up like go for it you're a funny guy be funny guy sure uh, Mark, this is my my plea to you. If you decide to sell us the tickets at our party the night before or whatever beforehand, I will let you come to a sit down Q and A with the listeners about business, and you can promote any of your businesses at said party. I like let you. <laughs> I like let you. He's he could probably make like a hundred thousand doing that to some like you know friggin'. <laughs> Uh, absolute rubes at some business school that want to pay him to do that. But you're saying I will allow you for free <laughs> the, the gift of, of talking to... Let me ask you this. Is people. this good business? A, you have two choices. A, give $35 million to a, bas- a year to a basketball player who has often opted not to play and has uh, been a very clear anti-Semite or take money from people who want to buy tickets. What is the best business move there? Yeah, that's the that's the the meme, the button meme. Yeah. So I don't know if you read this, but Gina Mizell of the Inquirer wrote a Kelly Oubre feature, and I did not know this. Let me read to you this now. If you remember when they signed Kelly Oubre, we went back in time and found out there was a bit of a conflict between James Harden and Kelly Oubre in that a girl that James Harden was seeing Kelly Oubre stole her at a party and then made James Harden mad. And then uh, Kelly, Oubre I don't like her. stole. I don't like stole her. Well, but for lack of a better word, she was with James Harden. She left with Kelly. Oubre. Yeah. I, I don't mean that she was property. That's not, not what I'm insinuating just for lack of a better word. I'm sorry. So that with that is there with a Sixers player here is from Gina Mizell's article. Uh, as the process lingered, that is Oubre's free agency process. Ubre fired agent Terrell Harris, the father and agent of Sixers forward Tobias Harris. <laughs> father took, and agent is funny. But took responsibility for his subpar communication because, quote, I needed to figure myself out. I needed to be whole so I could bring my all. Do we think it's weird at all that not only is, is, is there a history between Kelly Ubre and James Harden, but now... Kelly Oubre fired Tobias Harris's dad from being his agent just before signing here. Love it. Let's go. Maybe the Sixers could be the exact opposite of the Phillies. <laughs> everyone hates everyone. Everybody hates everyone. They never want to see each other. In fact, like they want they want to win so that they can like go home and be away from each other. Yeah. That's the that's the motivation. I would respect it. If you're going to be a bear, be a grizzly, right? The the NBA top ten or the top one hundred was released. We were talking about it before. Mike does. Wait, I not like the other care. part too of this. 
Uh, oh, okay. The yep, second yep, part yep. of the Ubre thing. I think it's I will read it. Still, Ubre watched as teams around the league used their salary cap space. He eventually touched base with Drew Hanlon, his personal trainer, who has also been one of Embiid's longtime confidants, who believed a deal with the Sixers remained on the table. It was, quote, probably like the last one, Ubre acknowledged. But he appreciated feeling wanted by the Sixers, noting the similarities to when Kansas coach Bill Self was the first to recruit him as a high school prospect. So are what we to believe here that Drew Hanlon is what Michael Rubin thinks he is. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was like, Drew Hanlon as Michael Rubin. Yep. Wow. Yeah. What is the deal? Why is... There's all these fucking power players in the NBA that just... You don't... It doesn't seem to be necessary. It's like... It's not like Elton and Daryl have not heard of Kelly Oubre. hmm And Kelly doesn't have agents. People... Like, he's got a go through Drew Hanlon? Like, why is that the connection? You hear like Woj and Shams are like helping people find coaches and stuff. And you're like, aren't they around? Why are these the people that are like connecting? I just don't, I'm so not like middleman, like, uh, uh, like deal man in that way. So I really don't understand why that is happening so much in the NBA, which is like just very public. Like the, every. It's all available. Everything's there. We're all like pulling from the same pot. Like, why why are we going to Drew Hanlon? It's well, bizarre. I like that Drew Hanlon is a connector. We need to continue Great. to give him respect. Hook so it the, up, Drew. They revealed the top 10 of the NBA Top 100 on ESPN. Number I Now, we were debating where Embiid would wind up. You were, Mike, correct. I was incorrect. The top 10, 10 Anthony Davis, 9 LeBron James, 8 Shea Gilgis Alexander, little aggressive. No, maybe. I love it. Hell yeah. Little aggressive. No, he's the man. He's the best. Little aggressive. Seven, Kevin Durant. Six, Jason Tatum. Five, Steph Curry. Four, Luka Doncic. Three, Joel Embiid. Two, Nikola Jokic. One, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, let's do the Embiid thing first. Do you think, I'm glad that Embiid is three. I see the argument for it. Here's what I ask you, Mike. If you asked a GM survey, if you asked a GM of every team and said, for this year, you can have Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, or Jason Tatum, how many of those general managers do you think would take Joel Embiid? Because I don't think it's a very high number, to be honest with you. I really don't know. Yeah. That's a... I mean, a lot of the issues you have, it's not like Luca is a perfect player that you're... No, I, I'm anti Luca in every way. I'm just asking sort of unbiased. I think for one year, most people would probably pick Steph. Yes, I think that is fair. And I think a lot of people would take Tatum. Sure. Yeah. As, Don- just as being like the most valuable position. If, you're, if you are a 6'8 wing who is also very good on both ends, Yep, that is like the most valuable thing that you could pretty much be. Now, how about Nikola Jokic... And obviously, this is different than what I have said in the past, but I think I came to Jesus after the, the, the playoffs. I was very clear about that. After that season, how are we rating Giannis ahead of Jokic? I have no idea. It's crazy. What a confusing thing. It's like they, did, it's like they had it one way and they go like, let's just, <laughs> let's just do it the other way so people click on it and be upset. It feels that level of like, obviously that is against the spirit of the kind of thing that we are trying to do. Mm -hmm. He won the MVP two years in a row, and then he won the finals, 
and performed in the playoffs. Giannis lost in the first round. What are we doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I just feel like Giannis gets so many. I like I like Giannis. He seems like a, a good dude. Like, I don't know. Nothing against him. I, gets a I lot of passes. He gets a lot of passes. Gets a lot of passes. Why is that? Gets a lot of passes. I don't know. He's, he's seems like a nice guy. I guess uh, people act like it, his defense charming. is so excellent. Like he, like it's Brooke Lopez. Let's be honest. It's Brooke the Lopez. The championship they won. There were no fans in the stands for most of the season. Wow. Something to. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying it's as invalid as mm. the Mickey Mouse title the year before, but. And that's why the Sixers haven't won anything. <laughs> there just has to, there hasn't been the right amount of fans. It's, we just have to get the exact number right, and then I think it would be be good. We've been screwed. It's uh, I'm I'm looking to do something more complain about something more pathetic than the Atlanta Braves did. So that is my that is my complaint. I think that's worth I think that's yeah. worth doing. Yeah. The Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast is brought to you by Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. I love Adam Cornblow. So Cornblow and Cornblow have been around four decades, started by his parents. He now runs the personal injury law firm, boutique personal injury law firm, top boutique personal injury law firm. The reason I, I like him for many reasons, he's a charming man, but the reason in this respect I like him the most is when he talks about what he does for a living. He is passionate, he cares about it, and he understands the gravity of what he's doing. A lot of advertisements you hear from personal injury law firms is basically horseshit because you are hearing from somebody who probably can't even represent you anyway. Most of these advertisements are for people who just give referrals. So you call this personal injury law firm that you see the advertisement for, hear advertisement for, and they just ship you off to somebody else. That's how they get paid. Cornblow, when you call Cornblow and Cornblow, you are getting him. He will represent you. Their team knows what they're doing. Any sort of personal injury, whether it is slip and fall, injured at work, medical malpractice is their specialty. If you've been hurt, if you've been injured, do not be a hero. See if there's anything there. And for a process that can be frustrating, time-consuming, the a personal injury lawsuit, you need somebody in your corner who is going to keep you updated and represent you the best way. And Cornblow and Cornblow is that. We'll even come to your house. Offices all over the Delaware Valley will even come to your house. If you think you might have a case, give them a call or shoot them an email. You will get Cornblow. 215-576-7200. Ask for Adam or email Cornblow, K-O-R-N-B-L-A-U, at Cornblow and Cornblow.com. Cornblow and Cornblow, the official law firm of the process. Speaking of litigation, need to bring CJ here. Actually, before we get CJ pop up, before we get to the CJ question, and CJ will deal with the punishment for me potentially breaking my promise, we have this voicemail, 833-LICKFACE. Oh, Spike, Mike, and CJ. Basketball question. Do you think Mac could probably average about seven to eight assists as primary ball handler? And then beads on the floor with him, you know, like Harden would basically just throw him the ball at the nail all year and get those automatic assists. Um, but once that happens, like, would people stop questioning him as a ball handler because his numbers simply went up? Non-basketball question, watching the Phils clinch last night. Does CJ look a little bit like Bryson Stott? Or is this just a two white guys with mustaches situation? This is Chris. Love the pod. What do we think? I see it a little bit, Siege. He's a lot hotter than I am. <laughs> you know, I don't know if I agree. 
<laughs> wow. Interesting. Wow. Wow. Hot level. Yeah. I could see CJ in the locker room spraying people with beer. Sure. Shirtless. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, could, I, could do, I could do that, but he looks better than me doing it. So, hey, man. So, CJ, Mike has deputized you in terms of my potential punishment <laughs> if James Harden plays and I watch. Now, Mike has excused me if James Harden does not play for the Sixers and I watch the games. I have not broken my promise. I have agreed to a punishment. We got a couple of emails, a couple of voicemails on this. Uh, this is from PJ. While I believe that watching the games is the correct call, I also agree that Spike should be punished. I suggest Spike get a tattoo of James Harden eating cheeseburgers. This will repair any broken trust from the Ricky faithful. This comes from Wikipedia Greg, who helped us with our Wikipedia page. Here are some of his his punishment ideas. Order James Harden wine. Must be at least three bottles, no more than a case. CJ or Mike decides on the number. Order a quality fake beard. Mike works in Hollywood and surely has sources on this type of thing. He will have final say on beard acceptability. Drink one regular sized pour of hardened wine while wearing the beard during every podcast. If James Harden is the leading scorer for the game at the end at hand, the beard must stay on the entire podcast. If he is not the leading scorer, then it can come off when the wine is consumed. We also got a couple of voicemails well more than a couple of voicemails on the subject i thought this one was the most amusing 833 lickface hey spike mike cj uh chris from dallas calling here just finished listening to spike's decision and while i do respect and understand why spike is going to watch the sixers games which i think we all expected to happen i do believe that a punishment is necessary uh, you can't break a promise and just get away with it and i I'm, i appreciate you acknowledging that spike so my suggestion would be James Harden is constantly doing these random events, charity events all over the place, none of which are going to be in Philly to make it convenient enough for Spike to just go to something in Philly that he doesn't want to do. I suggest for a punishment that the next time uh, Harden does a event, whether it be in Houston or eventually in L.A. when he ends up with the Clippers, whatever, not China. I know, I know that's ridiculous. Uh, Spike should have to attend. Spike should have to attend that event and fully support whatever James Harden has going on. And at the same time, it'll be for a good cause because regardless of how much we don't like Harden, at least he's doing something for charity in these instances. So my suggestion, uh, curious to see what you think, Spike. And again, thanks for the pod. Love you guys. Bye. CJ, first question, are you ready to accept the responsibility of narrowing down these choices for the audience? Yeah, I am. And it's quite an honor. Thank you, Mike, for giving me the opportunity to, to do this. CJ, do you agree with the idea that if Harden does not play, I have not broken the promise? Yeah. Yeah, I think okay. that makes sense. So can we, you know, with I'll forward you all the voicemails, the the emails, maybe you can ask on social, can we depend on you for the next pod to have three options for punishment? Yeah, I can do that. Okay. Mike, do you trust CJ now that you're you hear his tone and see him? CJ, I trust my life. The this entire ordeal though is an absolute sham, pathetic, <laughs> disgusting. Uh, I've encouraged people to stop listening to the podcast uh, every episode. You've done that for years, though. For years, yeah. Delete them. <laughs> Mike, do any of these punishments stand out no. to you? Okay, I <laughs> decline. I am not attending. I, I don't. I'm. In, I don't vote. I stand there in the back of the chamber. <laughs> Wearing the sourest face I can muster. 
CJ, we'll see you next pod for the punishments. This came from Scott, right? Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Mike has made some great points this off season. He is clearly End of the email. Re- <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Next <laughs> he, one. He is clearly the Ricky MVP of the off season. Last season, I emailed the Ricky about Embiid's issues with playing strong around the basket. I won't rehash that email, but would like to follow up Mike's stats that you gave a few pods ago with some thoughts about Embiid's inability to be elite around the basket, especially in the playoffs. Embiid is way too heavy. I would say 40 pounds too heavy. That may sound extreme, but I don't think it is. He shouldn't be near 275, 300. He should be closer to 240 than 275. And Bede's lower body strength and conditioning aren't nearly good enough. Even in the regular season, he struggled mightily to get off the court from a standstill position. This contributed to his career-worst rebounding and dunk numbers. He averaged 1.13 dunks per game. Those are Demonis Sabonis numbers. Gobert had 200 dunks in 70 games, and Bede had 75 dunks in 66 games. Gobert is a fraud, but you know what? He's a fucking monster physically. He's shredded and he has no no issues getting off the floor from a standstill position and over bodies. I live in Utah, so I'm familiar with Gobert's reputation with working his ass off, keeping his body and his cardio in peak form. We're all aware of Embiid's history of lower leg injuries in the offseason, but I will not accept that as an excuse for not being able to get in peak physical form. None of those injuries prevent proper nutrition, upper body, and core workouts. Final graph. And Bede's weight and lack of strength are why he struggles to be elite finishing at the rim in traffic or through contact. It's caused him to be to be a below-the-rim big, which is unbelievable considering he's 7'2". He struggles mightily to move to much smaller defenders. His inability to get off the floor in the paint has forced him to finesse, favor finesse over strength. What should be an easy dunk or lay-in becomes an awkward fadeaway that, although sometimes does go in, too often leads to Embiid on the floor and or complaining to the refs. This is a... It's, I'm not a body expert, but these are hard things to argue considering that his, he's not even overpowering people all that often with his size. It, he does sometimes, but he's done that less and less. I wonder if he would benefit from losing 25 or 30 pounds. Oh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. This is the kind of thing that like, it's, it's just, it's just easy to say, you know, like he should be in perfect physical shape and he should be dunking over people. I think the bigger situation, the bigger reason for his play is, uh, why he doesn't dunk so much and why he doesn't like it is, is his like fear of like lower, like foot injuries and stuff. And but wouldn't, couldn't you say that his, he would have lower foot, fewer lower leg injuries if he weighed less? Yeah. I don't know. I don't I, it's one of those, like it's, doing like body inspector of being like and B needs to lose this much weight and put all that as muscle like him and Gobert are such such different players and I mean he honestly is more similar to Sabonis um as a as a player with obviously a better jumper a better touch and stuff um Sabonis being a better passer not that similar but he's not Gobert because he's not just a rim running screen setting type of guy he is the I'm interested to see if because of the movement in this new Nick Nurse offense that everybody is raving about, if he gets more opportunities to like catch on the move and and finish over people or finish through people, and you know, odds are if he couldn't get it with Harden, who's obviously an excellent passer, per that the voicemail from that was left before, Maxi is not going to give him as many like easy opportunities. It won't but, even be close, by the way. No. Yeah, but he's also not going to. He doesn't like doing it anyway. Right. You know. 
But what about the point about forgetting about the extreme level, like the hyperbole end of it, his point about Embiid struggling to get off the floor, I think is a fair point to make. I mean, it is pretty noticeable that he, he doesn't dunk. He, there's no alley-oops, there's anything. And he is significantly, it seems like less explosive than he was five years ago. To me, it, it seems like a choice rather than an inability to. Hmm. It seems like, you know, think about times when he like at the end of a, at the end of a game, maybe, maybe it's like, obviously everyone's talked about Embiid's conditioning forever. Like it's just, if, if the answer is should Embiid have better conditioning, like the answer can't be no, <laughs> like obviously, yeah, obviously right. yes. Uh, but the, you see him explode when he has to on defense sometimes if he's flying over and then he like dives into the crowd or something like that which he's gotten better at not doing as much uh, after his first couple seasons. But yeah, I mean, look, if he wants, if there is a better shape for him to get to, if he is deferring to size and physicality more than athleticism, sure. Yeah. I, I certainly, at least in the playoffs, he, you know, when they play more minutes, he looks tired, but I think part of that is also because of how much of an offensive load he is carrying. And I would like him to carry less of one. I am going to side with the emailer more than I don't actually. I think, I think he is, we've talked about the condition. You, you admitted as the wrong word. You conceded that he should be in better condition. Sure. Why not? For sure. But I also think the idea of him being less heavy is a fair especially given the the evolution we've seen to his game and his physicality i think it's it's a fair thing to to wonder whether he should whether he should weigh less I, but, I, but i do think he is using he uses his size to overpower people all the time i don't yeah, think it's he's just, doing it's it just in the a way shitty that players that that he uses his size to overpower it seems like the shitty players yeah like it he does it to like guys that we don't have to worry about i mean i could see him doing it to like anthony davis yeah well yeah i think anthony davis is a bit of a fraud but yes for sure i think that's possible i think he i think he doesn't like and likes doing it and then his the jumper over the last couple of years that his that he has maybe used has seen more growth in is a reaction to people assuming he's like the threat of him overpowering them you know what i mean Mm-hmm. And that's why guys like, you know, in the past, Marcus Gasol, Brooke Lopez, who are just as big as him, have given him some trouble. But yeah. that's what we talked about earlier in the offseason of like, could he add more touch in like different ways around the rim? That to me is the bigger is the bigger issue. Like the way that Jokic has that floater, um, just little finishing like it, competitively, it, not just talk- assuming a foul is going to come. I do think for a guy as big as he is, he doesn't seem that strong. Like he's not great at finishing through contact. But to me, he does that like like he kicks both his legs up when he does that and sort of takes away. He's always yeah. he's always done that yeah. ever since at Kansas. And like he's like under the rim, acting like he's a guard a little bit. Um, yeah, I would love for him to sort of follow through on dunks and contact and getting and like doing some, you know 
Shaq or like Sean Kemp style, just like exploding fucking Chris Dudley or whatever his name is out of the uh, out of the gym. Um, I would like to see more of that, but I I think that he is he has altered his game to be foul drawing and finesse, maybe a touch more than I would than I would like for sure. This voicemail I thought was interesting. 833 Lickface. Where is it? Hold on. Uh, I don't want to do the one about us being a Harris Blitzer podcast, though it is very funny. Here we go. But he, does, he does obviously seem like, less like, explosive. Oh, go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm no, sorry. no, I'm just sorry. He does obviously seem less explosive. I think part yeah. of that is age and happens with every every big guy that like as you get older, you develop more to your game, but you're not as bouncy as you were as a younger player. But yeah, look, no one's going to tell me. I'm, not, I'm never going to say no, fewer dunks. Yes. Less power. Sure. I want him to fucking cram on people all the time. And so if that's a, if that's a, a mental choice of him to do or a, a conditioning thing and, or a lower body or losing some like pounds in that, f- great, fine. But I, I ultimately trust him to like, he's had so many issues with injuries and stuff. Really I ultimately trust him to know like what is right for his body. That is how I feel. 833-LICKFACE is the phone number. Like Mike, CJ. This is, this is the low point. I, I just, I'm, I'm heartbroken. I really am. And guys, I know Daryl's friends of the pod, but sometimes, you know, you got to tell a friend when he's in trouble and he's not doing a good job. So I think it's time we kind of relitigate some of, some of Daryl's moves and, and really lack the terrible job, poor performance he's done in his time here, all the way from the Horford trade. Like, how is it possible we had to give up? We gave up a first to get rid of Horford. He's more valuable now than he was four years ago. It's, 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 it's insane. The Harden trade, I, I don't even think we can get a first for Harden at this point. I don't think anyone wants him. We gave up two first-round picks and Simmons. And who know, I don't, we don't know what else was available, but uh, it's, it's terrible. Get nothing for Thibel. His, I'd say the good moves, uh, the Melton trade and, and drafting Maxi are probably the only really good moves that he's made in his tenure as, as, as Sixers GM. And, and it's it's terrible. I think we're at the point where we're screwed for the next two years, and I don't know if we have a chance at success during during Embiid's window. And our best option is probably to move him at this point. All right, talk to you later. Appreciate the pod. Bye. Now the Embiid thing aside, the one thing that he did mention that I always account for as they had to do it was. I always say it's like, well, they had to give a first round pick to get rid of Al Horford. Mm -hmm. And I think about it for a while and they were in a bad position. Everybody knew they had to trade him, Mm -hmm. but they really have to give away a first round pick to trade Al Horford. Yeah. I mean, it was the contract. He was coming off a bad year. Yeah. Look, I mean, obviously you look back at it now. I mean, like, yeah, Horford is still playing very good basketball. Still good. Yeah. Danny Green is Danny Green. Yeah. Doesn't look good, but I think it was, it was, he was in cleanup crew. But absolutely, like those things add up. That's what I've been saying for years now. Like they just keep the reason why they couldn't make an offer for Dame or Drew or whoever is because like they just kept pissing away assets to like have to account for previous mistakes or decide we're going all in. We're going all in again and we're going all in again. And when you keep losing, when you go all in, you don't have much more to go all in no. with. Yeah. 
<laughs> all in becomes nothing. If there's not, if there's no all, there's no all. There's no all. I will yeah. say that uh, this is a low point. Could be, could have been said <laughs> at so many different points in the history of this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely sure. indistinguishable uh, from many other seasons and off seasons and the dawn of a new season and everything. Uh, we, we're used to it. We're used to low points. I want everyone to know who keeps leaving sex email voicemails. I uh, am amused by them. I won't continue to play them, I don't think, but I am personally amused by them. Two quick emails left. This comes from Shane, right? Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Hi, Spike, Mike, CJ, Walter, Rebel, Daryl, LL. Oh, and I'm he sh who should not be named. So I'm not in there. Basketball question is Bryce Harper shows the world that he well, that he well and truly has that dog in him. Who do you think is the closest NBA player to Bryce Harper? Right now, it feels like Jimmy Butler and it's not particularly close. Yeah, I, I was texting Sixers Adam yesterday. Like there has felt like a little bit of an inevitability to the Phillies the last two playoff runs. Mm -hmm. Like they're just going to do it and everybody kind of knows they're going to do it. And the NBA equivalent to that does feel like the Miami Heat, where it's like, how are they fucking doing this again? Kind of thing. Yeah. And so I, I would agree that that Jimmy is Jimmy would be the most would be the most Bryce there. Yeah, I could I could could find ways. You know, he, like, I he, think heat culture, Philly's culture, different kind of culture, but <laughs> it is still a culture. I think the difference is that there's two differences. Is that Jimmy has continued to be as a l sort of like guy who Bryce Harper maybe was in his younger days in that Bryce was sort of polarizing mm -hmm. in, in the locker room. And even with fans, like I remember Bryce Harper has, I, I wrote in the newsletter, Bryce Harper has really grown up as a, like watched him grown up, For sure. grow up. And I remember when the Philly signed him, I was in, in Clearwater for spring training. And we saw a few Nationals fans that were like, Good luck, like sort of shaking their heads. And if you remember, they won as soon as he left and they they tied those th two things together. Now, whether that's true or not, Bryce Harper has become truly a leader, truly a good team guy, all of those things. I think Jimmy has held on to that polarization that maybe Bryce had early in his career, later in his career. That would be the biggest difference to me. Yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah. Um, God, this Phillies run has been so much fucking fun. Uh, Daryl obviously doesn't understand it. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't think anyone's having a good time. He doesn't because yeah, there's no championship. There's no championship. No one's having a good time until the championship. Uh, the Phillies have beaten the Braves two years in a row. Um, that doesn't matter. We're not having fun at all. Wouldn't no be fun to beat the Celtics every. Would year not be fun. Yeah. Would not be fun to beat the Celtics in the playoffs. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even acknowledge it. Wouldn't even know. But just for me, just for me, as as something that you will know intimately, and listeners of this podcast will know, I I've looked at, I followed Philly's minor leagues, for since I was in high school, mm -hmm. since like 2006, and can you even fathom the joy and validation I feel that Orion Kirkering and Johan Rojas are playing major roles on this Phillies team at their age 22 seasons. Interesting though, that this is largely a purchased Phillies team and not a through the minors Phillies team for sure. largely by and large, but yes, I can imagine, there's lot, but there's a lot, but, but Stott, sure. Boom. Mar yeah. Marsh, I would say was a, was a trade, but they got, they had to trade Logan O'Happy to get him. Who's a nice prospect and, and a good player for the angels. Um, 
Nola. Like there's guys that just every, that's what the, the best part about baseball, I think, and, and why basketball as a, as a sport to follow doesn't quite have it is like everybody gets a shot in baseball. Like there's never going to be a, ch- a time when like once, maybe once a season, everybody holds cork over their heads and we can, and we parade them around the fucking streets. But like everybody in this series in this playoff run has had a shot to be like the hero, even just like Matt Strom, who's pretty much fallen off the map a little bit over the last few months was fun earlier in the season was kind of, uh, you know, reverted to the mean a little bit, relatively average comes in and the fuck and closes out the, NL- the NLDS unbelievable. Everyone's excited for him. I would love that more in, in basketball. If there's a way to, for like, you know, obviously Jaden Springer or Dan house to all of a sudden get like lifted up over their heads. Cause like you made the final play or you made the shot or hit the free throw or whatever it is. Uh, all we have is that one fucking cork Maz three against Portland. Cork Maz three against Portland. The T the TJ game winner against the Oh Nets. yeah. Yep. 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 Um, there's a handful, you know, Bell and Ellie in the, uh, in the, in the confetti game. Isaiah cannons four point playing a loss. No, 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 no. Final. Uh, but yeah, no. it's been, a, it's been a, such a cool run. I'm, I'm, I'm having a blast. Final email. This comes from Tim, writes to Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Hi, Spike Mike and CJ. No basketball question because the Sixers are miserable, but do you clap when the pilot lands the plane? I've been traveling for a few months and there have been several occasions where people clap uh, for the pilot and it's possibly one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. Thoughts? <laughs> no, I, I agree. Clap. I don't clap. I agree. Maybe clap if there's it. been, if there was like, we're flying in crazy weather. Sure. And we we made it, made it work. We survived. But to... But, just a regular flight doesn't seem. Isn't it mostly like automated? Yeah. I'm not done. I'm just wow. shitting on pilots now. Wow. I just think it is. I think it's like mostly An- automated. Pilot union over here. Look, if you're fucking, if you're, if Sully is your pilot and he's landing the plane in the fucking river, saving your bacon. Sure. You clap for Sully. But there's a little turbulence. I don't know. A real I, pilot would have avoided the turbulence. I clap when a waiter or waitress brings over my uh, meal every time. It's like a jigsaw. Standing ovation. Yeah. Nobody claps for me at the end of this. CJ does every time. Yeah. He says, good job, guys. He says, you did so good. (laughs) The, I don't know what to say about it, but I do feel like we have to say something about the fact that Adam Aaron got blackmailed. So I don't, that that could be it. That could be the end of the statement, but I, it's hard. It's, it feels wrong to not say something. Can That's I read w- one line from it? Sure. Yeah. Hold on. Let me pull it up. So Adam Aaron, who was once the Sixers CEO, CEO, once offered me a job. Actually, did he really? He did. Did I ever tell Do, you that? Doing what? No. So this was when... He was CEO. So, you know, first couple, I think he was two years. He was there. And I was, was only there for two years, two or three years, something like that. Oh I, I forget gosh. how many, yeah, what, what, an era. Yeah. what a notable era. And I, you know, he was putting lipstick on a pig in a lot of ways. So you know, whatever the job he was doing. And I appreciate the fact that he offered me a job, even though the last time I reached out to him, he, instead of giving me free movie tickets, he gave me a link to buy them. No, I don't remember that, but so this was when I was working for WIP, but I was like the web guy. I was like running the the website and social media. I would do one show a week, but we were doing the podcast and I was a Sixers guy. But the 
the broadcasts were on our competing radio station. The, the Sixers broadcasts were not on our radio station. So he called me, he texts me. He's like, what's your, or he maybe DM'd me, whatever it is. And he calls me and he goes, hey, we'd like for you to do the pre and post game shows, the Sixers broadcast. And I was like, boy, I'm honored. But on I work- On the radio or on, the, on TV? On the radio. And I was like, I'm honored, uh, but I work for the competing radio station. There's no way I could do both of those. And he goes, that's, that's not that big a deal. I, I know your boss, I'll call him. And I'm like, uh, I don't think you understand. <laughs> it's like, it's sort of like I play for the Sixers and the GM from the Celtics calls me and he is like, hey, do you want to play for us sometimes? I'll just call your boss and it'll be fine. So I wasn't able to take the job, but but he did offer me a job. Never so, offered me a job, only offered, only offered me, uh, did I like a Spencer Hawes double-double? <laughs> on Twitter. Yes. Remember when you had to apologize to him on the air on WIP? It was when they traded for Bynum and you were a regular guest on my late night show and he was fucking strutting about it. it it's got to be on my on the Ricky feed like sure. back when that happened it, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I used to put my shows there. So not to get into the depths of this, but he was basically catfished by somebody and there was a lawsuit and he says that to he basically the, allowed these things to become part of the suit so he didn't get blackmailed. But the, and there are a lot of, I guess, text messages that are suggestive, sexually suggestive. Mm. The paragraph- what are they suggesting? Sex, oh. actually, yeah. The paragraph, and this is on semaphore.com, which had the, the story. But the paragraph that made me chuckle, although I do not chuckle if anybody's, you know, this is bad for his life, whatever. Aaron, who has been married since 1987, mistook her for a woman with whom he'd had a prior relationship, asking whether she was a ballerina who had done, quote, unmentionable, unmentionable things to him, according to court documents. The two began trading messages and Aaron eventually sent her explicit pictures, including of him and another woman. Whether People, she was a ballerina... That he had done unmentionable things to. Just be more discerning about yeah. sending pics of your dick online. Yeah. Why has that not lesson not been internalized? Well, what if you think it's a ballerina that has done unmentionable things to you, though? Don't mention them. <laughs> Yeah, you can su you can suggest the idea of your dick without sending a pic of it. I don't think you understand though. It she was a ballerina. Okay. Yeah, well, something I'll never relate to. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you mentioned it, and I was going to ignore it, and then you, you it was like catnip. I couldn't stay away from. Yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, look, it's we are we're duty bound to report the news about <laughs> Sixers goings on. And here we are doing that. All right. We will talk to you next time, Wednesday night, I believe, in between NLCS games. In between. It, a great way to spend the day off. Yep. The travel day. Talking about the only team in town nobody wants to talk about. That's right. The vibes couldn't be worse. I love seeing... Well, Immaculate. Embiid and Maxi were at the game, which I think was pretty cool. Embiid yep. left early, supposedly. Maxi yeah, left in the seventh inning. Time. Yep. Um, I love seeing Fletcher Cox in the locker room hugging Cassianos. I thought that was awesome. It's a good city. And the Sixers are ruining it. If you don't <laughs> talk with me, 
then I won't fuck with you. End of the podcast. We'll talk to you next time. Are you down with TTP? Spike Eskin is a liar. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't won't fuck fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. you. But if you fuck with me, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Thanks for playing.